When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Fourth and Manageable, an SEC football podcast. Brought to you by 2400 Sports. Now, here's Brad Edwards. Now I want to shift to the SEC, the, the conference games that were played this week. And uh, the, the biggest one was what felt like a toss-up game in the SEC West. Mississippi State at LSU. Mississippi State 2-0. and LSU, of course, had the loss to Florida State in week one. Not really sure what to make of either team coming into this one. And um, I'm I'm not really sure that I love either team after watching this game. But LSU got a big win on its home field, um, something that before the season, I think everyone would have expected them to do. But after the FSU loss, people weren't so sure. But a good bounce back for LSU uh, in a game that they really trailed for most of the first three quarters. Yeah, LSU... Uh... You know, it's not the same defense we're used to seeing out there. It's, they don't have, you know, those first-round draft picks, and it, it shows. I mean, they don't have the offense either that's going to, you know, protect a defense by putting up huge numbers. I mean, they did at the end, but, you know, they need a QB that can get the playmakers the ball. They have studs on offense that, if you get the ball into their hands, can make, you know, extended plays, the yak yards that you need to extend drives and, you know, put up big points and the guy just can't get it to him. I don't know if he sees the field. Well, there's times where, you know, guys are open for college college level open and he's, you know, passing it by and trying to run. It's almost like he's a run first pass second type QB and it's, it's hurting him right now. Yeah. So to your point, you know, if you're an LSU fan, you're, you're thrilled that you won the game. You know, you're you're a one and oh in conference play, and 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 that's exactly where you want to be. You know, you know, year one with a new coach, new quarterback, all that stuff, there are gonna be some growing pains and you're gonna get better. But at the same time, you know, we've now seen LSU play two games against power five competition. And to me, I and tell me if you see the same thing, the most effective thing, and really the only consistently effective thing that I see in LSU's offense is the quarterback scramble. It, it's totally off script. What, what do you see, if anything, LSU does offensively that they can depend on? It's, it's that. I mean, he, he doesn't look comfortable in the pocket. And so he gets out of the pocket and becomes a better passer. And I think it's because he's attacking the line of scrimmage and teams are afraid that he's going to run because, I mean, he's rushing for 90, 80, 100 yards a game. And so they're afraid of his legs. And so when he gets out of the pocket, you know, it gets the defenders to come up and try to make a play. And then he finds a guy, you know, leaking behind. And if they teams just make him stay in the pocket and try to beat him, it's going to be a, a long season for LSU. So how about the Mississippi State side of it? Uh, this is a, a team that had, had looked pretty good the first two games, although we're not sure how how good the competition was. This is year three under Mike Leach. And look, I, I feel like coming out of tonight's game, their defense is pretty solid. I, I think it's been consistently solid for the first three weeks. The question that I had coming into the season 
was going to be on offense, which is, like I said, third year with Leach's system. He has a quarterback who has been in this system now for the third year. He's had the opportunity to both recruit and, you know, bring in transfers who fit what he's looking for on the offensive line and at receiver. They didn't even gain 300 yards against LSU. Um, obviously, there's going to be tougher competition in the SEC as the season goes on. Where are you with Mississippi State right now, especially on the offensive side? I just think Mike Leach's offense is more suited for like a Pac-12 conference. It's not, it's a dink and dunk. You watch the Pac-12 and it's, you know, not a lot of defense going on there. And so you're able to throw those bubbles and turn a bubble into, you know, ADR touchdown or a little tunnel screen for 60. And in the SEC, that's not going to happen. I mean, <laughs> you you have to, you know, get a run game established. you got to be able to take those shots downfield. Uh, they just dink and dunk and, you know, there's no yards after catch. It's basically a catch and tackle and they're not, ex- you know, they're not extending drives and it's, it's going to be tough if they can't find a more explosive way to attack defenses. How much of that is just because of, of the level of athlete in the sec on the defensive side of the ball? I mean, like, I, I think I'm stating the obvious when I say that most teams in the big 12 and the pac 12 where Leach had previously been a head coach um, outside of when he was at Texas Tech, Oklahoma and Texas both had really good players. Uh, for part of the time he was at Washington State, USC did. But most of the time you're playing teams that don't really have any better athletes on defense than you have on offense. If you're at Mississippi State, you're going to play a lot of teams that have better athletes on defense than you have on offense. And and it just seems to me that's really the heart of the issue, right? Is that you can't out-athlete a whole lot of teams on your schedule when you're at Mississippi State. Yeah, it's they for that offense, you got to have, you know, smaller speedy guys. I mean, it's not your big-time receivers on the outside, you know, throwing go balls and letting guys go up and making plays. It's, you know, tunnel screen here, bubble, you know, a little shallow route over the middle. And the SEC linebackers are fast. D linemen are fast. There, I mean, you're not going to find guy, big slugs on the field like you would in other conferences. And so they gotta they gotta find a balance between the dink and dunk and taking shots downfield and trying to get a power running game going. And it looks like he has made through three games this year a more concerted effort to run the ball. Um, we we saw him go for it on fourth and short a number of times tonight. Um, and it was, it was, I think if it wasn't always a run, it was almost always a run. And, and that's not something you typically see from him. Um, but he seems to believe in his running game a little bit more than, than Mike, Mike Leach teams typically have, but still wasn't enough against, uh, against LSU in short yardage. And, and like you said, it, at some point you're going to have to be able to do that in order to win in this league. And even though he's maybe trying to do it a little bit more, uh, so far, hasn't had a lot of success. So the other conference game today was one that, unlike Mississippi State LSU, we weren't expecting to be competitive, and we were right. It wasn't competitive, and that was Georgia at South Carolina. You know, Tyler, the, the Georgia games from last year and now into this year all look so similar, no matter who they play, that, that I thought I would just put together a template uh, for us to be able to discuss Georgia from now on. So I'm just going to pull out the uh, the script. So for those who didn't see the game, 
Um, I'm just going to to read this script and uh, and, and Tyler is going to join in here and uh, we're going to tell you what happened uh, in this game in case you missed it. Another day at the office for the Georgia Bulldogs as they took on South Carolina. The UGA, the UGA offense was focused and efficient, scoring a touchdown on each of its first three drives. Stetson Bennett threw most of his passes within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage and completed them to five or six different receivers. Oh, it was more than that, man. Come on. Well, it, was like, gotta, it was like eight or nine different well, you, receivers. <laughs> you got to think that's the backup a little look, bit. Look, look a little at the box. got to be the Come backup. On. Including blank to Brock Bowers. Oh, he had five for 100. Five, and, yep. And, and blank to Lad McConkey. Yeah, for four. For four. Bowers scored blank touchdowns in the game. Uh, three. And once again, the Georgia starting defense didn't allow a touchdown. So there you go. And I mean, that's pretty much every Georgia game. And so we, we'll just every week, we'll go to the script. I'll allow you to fill in those blanks. You'll have to you'll have to look closely at the box score next time to see how many different receivers he completed to. So you'll be prepared for that one. Sorry to catch you off guard. But but that, I mean, that's it. And this is what Georgia football is. Tyler, they have become Alabama. And in fact, I would say this year and and really last year too um, are more Nick Saban Alabama than what Alabama has been these two seasons. This is what Alabama was when Nick Saban built the program and when Kirby was the defensive coordinator there where they were relentless and it didn't matter who the opponent was. It didn't matter what the score was. They had a plan and wherever you were on the depth chart, you went out there and you executed it and they just dominated from start to finish. And that that's that's really, except for last year's SEC championship game, that's what Georgia has been the last two seasons. And, it, and it's quite scary. Yeah, you, I mean, you look at them uh, getting out early and putting teams away quick and then getting their guys rest. You look at other schools in the SEC, they're struggling right now doing that. They're playing these mediocre teams and letting them hang and having to, you know, strain more than, you know, what Georgia does. I mean, they get out to early lead. They put the guys away early and then let their backups come in. And to be honest, I think if they put in their second string guys against some of these SEC schools, I think they beat them. I think they'd beat them handily. In a, I mean, because, I mean, look, let's just think about like Georgia on offense. I mean, you you think about who they're, I mean, when we say second team, let, let's just not just go the second team quarterback, but we're actually going like the third and fourth running backs. Let's say we go to the third tight end. Um, the second string offensive lineman. I, I'm not sure if anybody in the conference other than Alabama and maybe Tennessee and Ole Miss right now have a better offense than what Georgia's second string offense would be. And yeah. and, and that's scary because Georgia's just as good on defense <laughs> as they are on offense, despite losing all those guys from last year. So I mean, hats off to Kirby. I mean, they, they, I mean, it took the final minute of game three total garbage time situation with like fourth stringers in the game for them to finally give up a touchdown. Um, but, but just on both sides of the ball, it is just hard to see a weakness and where, look, I, I just don't see how any team other than Alabama or Ohio State would have a chance to, to exploit Georgia in some way. Yeah, I don't see it. 
I think uh, back to their second stringers, I think they might be, you know, the number four team in the playoffs. That's yeah. How, that's how good their backups are. I mean, they're, they have depth at every position and it's scary. Yeah. And to, to your point, we've said that in past years about Alabama, that their second team would be a top five team in the nation. And I don't think that's true about Alabama anymore, but I think it's now true about Georgia. And that doesn't mean that Alabama can't beat Georgia on a given day. But to me, there is no question through three weeks of the season that Georgia is better than Alabama and Georgia is better than everybody else in college football and is unquestionably number one. I don't know if the coaches are going to change their number one. Alabama won 63 to seven. So if you thought Alabama was number one coming into the week, you probably will keep them at number one. But it kind of blows my mind how the coaches didn't see what the AP voters saw and most other people have seen, which is at this stage of the season, Georgia's the best team in the country. And that's that's pretty much the end of the conversation. So I, I, what I want to get into with you next uh, is, is what are our thoughts so far on the SEC through three weeks and kind of how do you see the biggest games of next week shaping up? 